0: What gets into the heads of desperate people that persuades them to do very foolish things? We have such an example to start this bonus episode of our This Week in the CLE podcast, in which we ask the questions that linger from the week's biggest news stories. Our regular episodes, published on Thursdays, feature reporters and editors at Cleveland.com dissecting and analyzing the news, The latest regular episode goes deep on the first Great Lakes poll, examining the gender divide that is arising among voters and the revulsion for the Electoral College. I'm your host, Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. Now let's get to this week's questions. What was Douglas Dykes thinking, and can his story get any more bizarre? Bizarre? Dykes is the Cuyahoga County Human Resources honcho and the top-ranking African American in the administration of County Executive Armin Budish. As we've discussed repeatedly on our podcast, Dykes was inexplicably charged with theft because he gave a job recruit a bonus under the direction of his superiors. A conviction has long seemed nearly impossible because Dykes did not get anything from his so called theft and the action he took was declared legal by the county's top lawyer. But Dykes has been sweating out the charges, worried about what will happen at trial, and spending large sums on his defense. Friends of his have worried that he would bankrupt himself, proving his innocence. But this week, Dykes did something that defies explanation. He went to a bank to cut a cashier's check to the county for $10,000, the money still owed to the county by the recruit who got the bonus, and Dykes made it look like the recruit paid the money back. The question is why? Did Dykes think that if the money were paid back, prosecutors would drop the charges? That's pretty ridiculous. The prosecutors have the weakest case imaginable and have steadfastly stuck with it. And if Dykes believed that he actually does owe the money to the county— Why wouldn't he just write a personal check? Almost nothing about this makes sense. But the big question here now is how can Budish continue to stand by a top cabinet member who showed such deception with the county government that Budish runs? The question that arises from a Cleveland police chase that ended with the death of a 13-year-old East Cleveland girl as she walked to the library in December is should police put a halt to all chases? Cleveland Police Chief Calvin Williams says the answer is an emphatic no. On December 20th, some teenage gunmen committed a carjacking in a Target store parking lot and were spotted doing so by an off-duty Cleveland police supervisor. The officer followed the stolen car from the far west side of Cleveland all the way over to Eddy Road on the east side before the teens took off at a high speed. They soon crashed, killing Tamia Chapman as she walked down the side of the road. This week, the Cleveland Community Police Commission had a hearing about police pursuits, and Williams used the hearing to apologize to Tamia's family for her death. He promised an investigation of the chase and punishment of officers if they violated the city chase policy. But Williams said abandoning pursuits would give free rein to dangerous criminals. The city rewrote its chase policy a few years ago to adopt the best practices. An officer is permitted to give pursuit with supervision if the identity of the person being chased is not known and if that person is considered dangerous. In the case of Tamiya, the off-duty supervisor did not know who the teen carjackers were, and they clearly presented a danger to the community. Here's a question that will not be answered until November. Can Donald Trump do anything to stem the tide of women in Ohio and at nearby states who say they will vote for any Democrat to get Trump out of office? That's one of the findings of the first Great Lakes poll by Baldwin-Wallace University, which has expanded in 2020 from doing polls in Ohio to doing polls in Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Trump is behind in all four of the states after winning all four in 2016, but the striking finding was that far more women than men oppose him getting a second term. Women were key to his victory last time. The poll had a bright spot for Trump in that women said they are not very inspired to vote at all, Maybe he can find a way to persuade all of those women who would cast votes against him to stay home. Or maybe when the Democrats finally settle on a candidate, women will dislike that candidate more than they do Trump. Why is the Ohio Supreme Court opposed to using a proven tool to help get rid of the unfair bail system in the state? Cleveland.com helped spark the justice reform movement that continues in Cuyahoga County in part by championing the use of a tool that assesses the risk of a criminal defendant not showing up for court. When the tool shows a low risk, the defendant can be freed without having to post a bail. The tool is used in a variety of places and has brought fairness to decisions on who gets released pending trial. With bail, poor people are kept in jail while people with means go free. The Ohio Supreme Court is intent on reducing the use of bail for all of the same reasons Cleveland.com has been working to bring reforms. The Supreme Court's recommendations include requiring judges to use the least restrictive conditions when setting bail and to use an amount that is least costly to the defendant. But in a 5-2 vote, it decided not to recommend the risk assessment tool. The American Civil Liberties Union and other reform groups that had favored the tool now say it discriminates. The people who designed the tool acknowledge that it does include some bias, but they argue it is far better than using bail. Cuyahoga County reformers still seem intent on using it, flying in the face of the Supreme Court's more traditional approach. Can you crowdsolve a cold case? That's a question that Newburgh Heights police seek to answer. They are putting the mysterious death of teenager Kurt Sova in 1980 up for consideration by a bunch of true crime buffs who were paying to participate in an event aimed at solving a crime. Crowdsolve is produced by CrimeCon, the annual true crime convention, and will take place in Chicago. Participants will work side by side with law enforcement and criminal forensic experts to bring fresh eyes to Sova's case. Sova attended a 1981 party at a home on Harvard Avenue, but never made it home. His body turned up five days later in a ravine about a quarter of a mile from the party. His autopsy showed he died less than a day after he disappeared, but the coroner could not determine how he died. The CrowdSolve event will be February 21st to 23rd at the Hilton Palmer House in Chicago, Sova's family, the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office, retired U.S. Marshal Arthur Roderick, and Newburgh Heights Police Chief John Mayjoy will be the event's featured speakers and experts. With so many people taking a new look, will someone spot something previously missed that unravels this story? Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of This Week in the CLE. We'll have another set of intriguing questions to talk about next week.